Welcome to the Better Than Healthy podcast, where I help you go beyond the numbers and rules you were taught about health to create the results that you really want, feeling better, consistently taking care of yourself and loving yourself more. I'm your host, Ashley Brathman. Let's dive in. Hello, hello. So this week is the week I was excited for, because this week we have our special edition to the podcast in that I have an extra resource for you. I had really a lot of fun making it. And it is something that I used a lot throughout my own intuitive eating journey. I mean, I didn't have this like nice typed up version. I would just run through the different questions. It's a workbook for interrupting those times that were on autopilot with food. Because there have been several times throughout my own intuitive eating journey where I really questioned whether it was working, whether I truly could just have anything because there was these times where like I just couldn't seem to like help myself even if I knew it wasn't going to make me feel very good. And sometimes I would blame it on the wrong things and be like, oh, well, I just need to keep breaking the rule and then eventually I'll stop wanting it. But then there were times when, I mean, I did that. I did the process that we talk about where we break the food rules, we allow ourselves to eat it, and then didn't really even want it, and I was still eating different foods. That is when we talk about breaking autopilot. And when I say autopilot eating, really what I'm referring to is just a habit. So sometimes we have habits, like for example, when I brush my teeth, I don't go (laughs) into the bathroom and think like, okay, now let's pull out the tube of toothpaste. Let's open up the tube. Let's grab my toothbrush. Let's wet my toothbrush, put some toothpaste on it because that's the order I do it in and then wet it again. And then now I'm brushing my teeth and I'm brushing my teeth and brushing. Like I'm not sitting there and like, okay, now I'm going to spit and now I'm going to, I'm not thinking about the whole thing that I'm doing. I brush my teeth on autopilot. I just go in there and I do it. And usually I'm thinking of something else while I'm brushing my teeth. It's something that I can do on autopilot without telling myself what to do every step of the way. So we have that in other areas of our life as well, where we just do things on autopilot. And if we're not interrupting ourselves, we can do things that don't really align with our values or the way we want to do things, just simply because we're not taking that time to interrupt ourselves. Because this can be like when we get home from work and just go right to the pantry and grab a snack just because it's what we're used to doing. Or it can be when we're at a certain restaurant and eating a certain thing or when we go to a certain place, like eating in a certain order and just grabbing the same thing. Or it can be watching a movie and it's like, okay, now I always have a salty snack when I'm doing it. So I'm just always sitting there having that snack in those situations or eating in specific situations or eating specific things that maybe later it's like, why did I do that? I didn't even really want it. And that's when we're talking about when we are interrupting autopilot is we're interrupting those habits that aren't necessarily aligned with what we want to be doing in intuitive eating. Because there, like it can also be, like when I've worked with people, it's always stopping at the same drive-through. Like they don't know why they do it. They just like pull in and like they're not even making a conscious decision around it. And that's what we want to bring back to with intuitive eating is being more conscious of the decisions that we're making with food. So we, it's not guided by some rule or habit that we don't really want to be doing because I mean, intuitive eating is just breaking all of the rules and then just deciding for ourselves what would be most supportive and self-care for ourselves. And there are no right or wrongs here. Like you can, if we like the habit and we want to keep doing that, then 
that's like perfect and amazing. And we don't have to change anything. It's just for those times, if you're in a situation like different times when I was, like when I was or with certain clients too, that I've worked on this with, where it's like, I don't really know why I'm doing this and I don't want to do it. That's kind of a clue that it's something that we're just doing on autopilot out of habit. And it's an opportunity to interrupt that if we want to. And the first step of that is just recognizing and acknowledging like, oh, like that step of like, I don't know why I keep doing that. Like, and then we start building awareness for when we are doing that. Or another example of an autopilot one that I worked on with somebody is every time they went through the drive-thru when they were dieting, when they did allow themselves to go through the drive-thru, they would always increase the size of their meal to the large because if they were cheating on their diet, they were like, oh, I'm going to go all in on cheating and like enjoy as much as possible. So they would get that and like a milkshake and all these extras that they didn't necessarily want. And so when they were allowing themselves to if they were on the road, if they're that, in, or if that's just what they wanted was just going through the drive through then they would do that. But what they started to find was what they wanted was like, because it wasn't this rebelling against rules. It's like, they just kind of wanted a smaller amount of everything, but they kept ordering the large and it was just this habit that came from it. And then they would eat it and then they wouldn't feel very good afterwards. And they're like, I don't know why I keep doing this. And it's because it was an autopilot habit that came from that time when they were dieting. So when we start to interrupt that, then we can start disrupting that neuro pathway that forms that habit. And and then we can start practicing a different habit that is more supportive of what you're looking for, which may be in that moment, just choosing whichever one actually sounds the best for you and what you truly want, rather than just doing something because it's the way you've always done it. And I know I've given this example before. I can't remember if it was on the podcast, but like several years ago now when I re completely rearranged where things were kept in our kitchen, some things stayed the same, but some things like our baking utensils moved. And for a while, every time I tried to reach for the measuring cup, I would open up the wrong drawer. And then it's like, I started to catch that I was reaching for the wrong drawer. And it's like, but I'm always used to reaching here. I want to do it. It feels weird reaching to the other one. But then I would start learning and learning until now it's my habit to reach for the other drawer instead, even though it felt awkward in the beginning to stop myself or I would reach for the wrong one. And I just want you to know that it can feel really awkward at first, or it can feel like restricting yourself a little bit because if I think we sometimes can get into a mode in intuitive eating where we can fear that saying no to ourselves for something will lead us back down the path of restricting. That is one of the ways where we can still get wrapped up in being a part of diet culture and having diet culture still influence our relationship with food is when we can have this constant fear that we're going to get wrapped back up into our old way of habits. And that can really hold us back. That, that fear of that can really continue to impact our relationship with food, even when we're years into an intuitive eating journey. And I've definitely seen that in people. So also want you to know, say no to yourself when it comes from the place of, you know, I know I used to do this, but I just genuinely don't want it, is not you restricting. That's just being true with yourself and honest with yourself about what you truly want. It would be restricting if it's like, oh, I don't 
I'm not going to have this thing because I think I shouldn't have it or it would be too much or I know I'm not supposed to have that much of this thing. Like then it's still restricting. But if it's like, I just don't want this, that's not restricting yourself. And I also don't think it's restricting yourself when it's a time where like taste, I want this, but I don't really want how it's going to feel in my body physically right now. So I'm going to choose not to have it. I also don't think that's restricting. And I know sometimes people can get nervous that they're still restricting with that and be wrapped up in the fear around it. And it really comes down to, I'm going to say it a million times, but what your reasons are and if you like your reasons. Because if you like your reasons around why you're eating something, you can really make peace with if other people disagree with the way you're doing it because it's like, all right, these are the reasons why I'm doing it. Like I like and really enjoy those reasons and it feels really good to me is you can really settle into that instead of the fear around other people's judgments, which can be extremely prevalent when we are really working on this relationship with food is really moving towards that internal validating ourselves of like, I really like these reasons rather than looking for somebody else to validate our decisions with maybe them being like, oh, you look so good or you're being so healthy. And like all of those different comments that we would use to validate our progress rather than really turning internally to validating ourselves. Because anytime you're waiting for somebody else to validate you, you're just waiting for permission to believe something about yourself. Because when you feel accomplished, that somebody else is like, oh, you're doing so good. Then all you're doing is like agreeing like, yes, I am doing so good. And like feeling acknowledged in that when we can just acknowledge ourselves and not wait for that external validation of somebody else saying it. And all of those external factors, like other people's opinions, like what we hear about health, what we hear about food, all of that can really make it difficult to really lean into intuitive eating because there can be a lot of fear from all the different messages that we've heard. And it can make it easy to stay on autopilot around food rather than truly evaluating them because it can feel awkward and uncomfortable to go against the grain with this different way of eating, even though it's such a natural way of eating and such an amazing way where it's completely uncomplicated, makes everything so much easier Because it's just truly paying attention to how your body feels and how food impacts your body and how what makes you feel the healthiest, what makes you feel the most energized, what makes you feel the most nurtured and balanced. And only you can answer those questions because only you know the experience that you have when you're eating specific foods. So when we're making food decisions off of autopilot, we can still use all the information that we know about fiber, fat, carbs, protein, micronutrients, like vitamins and minerals, we still can utilize all of that information. But then we also apply like, if we are having something that we want to look at, like, if we're feeling constipated, it's like, okay, well, what do I know about constipation? In case you want to know some about constipation, we'll go over that quick. (laughs) The water, fiber, and movement are three of the big things that can really help promote that regularity. So then we can take that information and be like, okay, well, what are some high fiber foods? Maybe I could add or incorporate some of those into my diet. How much water am I drinking? Maybe I want to incorporate drinking a little bit more water. Am I getting some movement into my like, that's how we can use that information and apply it to ourselves to then be like, hmm, let me try adding this thing and see how it helps. Or if it's something like having a lactose intolerance, it could be like, well, let me 
see what my experience would be like without having this? And then how do I physically like that experience compared to when I exceed the amount of lactose that my body can digest without feeling the intolerance symptoms? And like, what experience do I want to have? And there's no right or wrong answer because it's just you making a decision for you. It's an experience that only you are having with that. So it's a decision that only you can make. It makes you the authority there. It makes you the one who knows best for you. And you can lean on experts and that information that we find in research around health. Then it comes back to you filtering for your values, what you have for your health and for your body and what you want to experience. It then goes through your filter for you to decide with. And that's what this workbook that I titled Interrupting Autopilot Eating is all about, is the questions are centered on building that awareness around some of those things that we focus on in intuitive eating, like our hunger and fullness cues, um, our taste and physical cravings, where we are at emotionally, and filtering out some of those of like what I think I should do to then get to the place of like, well, what do I truly want to do? Because when we are getting off of autopilot and truly deciding what we want for ourselves, it's we want to clear up in all of that. And we want to do those check-ins in those different places and then just have that moment of honesty and trust with ourselves of like trusting ourselves to know what's best with us or to test and discover what's best for us and to be honest about what we do want. So in the workbook, there's a little bit of directions and background on the autopilot eating, some different tips for you too for using the worksheet and some directions as well, and then a blank copy of it. And the questions that you will really be going through is of what I was just going over with rating ourselves on the hunger and fullness scale, which I have previous podcast episodes and I also have a blog post about the using the hunger and fullness scale if you want to reference those. And then the taste side of it, of finding what food sounds good. Like that taste side is like what like taste-wise are we craving? Like is there a certain texture, a certain flavor, a certain combination that we are craving the most? Also with what sounds good is checking in physically of like, well, what foods, like how is my energy level? Do I need some protein? Do I need some fat? Do I need some carbs? Like, and you might not fully know the answer to all of that, but that's why continuing to practice and build that relationship with our body and having these check-ins, we can start to feel kind of what it is that sounds the best and what we might be wanting. Or it can even be like, I've done this before at breakfast time and like what taste sounded good was like having a cinnamon roll and then also having the eggs and toast sounded really yummy. But physically I knew like the eggs and toast would be better because where I was hunger wise that day, I really wanted some protein and some carbs to go with it. And I know for my body, if I eat something like cinnamon rolls or donuts for as my only thing for breakfast, sometimes my stomach hurts for a while. And then, so like sometimes I like to eat those after I've had something that has some protein in it, or I'll eat them later in the day, sometimes instead of as a breakfast food, just because I know how things sit in my body and feel a little better. Obviously, I don't always know and don't always get that right, but I have grown some of that awareness throughout the years, so I do know some of it and how it'll impact me. So that's where that physical craving or what physically sounds good piece comes in is starting to learn that. And if you don't know that in the beginning, 
really one of the tips that I had for this is using this worksheet before and after meals, because if you do it before and after meals, you can check in of like, okay, where am I on the hunger and fullness scale? And in that, there's a couple of lines too, where you can jot down anything that you're feeling physically or emotionally, and you can see after that meal, because that's a tip to doing it before and after, is like, then you can see has any of these things changed? Have any of these things gone away after eating? Because then that can start to help you identify if there are, like what the different hunger and fullness signals are for you. And that's what some of these different check-ins too, of like what sounds good. And if you're doing the part of like what food sounds good after, you're going to have to, it's going to be more of how did it sit taste-wise? Was that satisfying taste-wise? Was that satisfying physically? Like, how am I feeling after the meal? If you're doing it in that way, and then how you're feeling emotionally, I put some emotions in there for you to circle. Because I know sometimes when I start working with a lot of people, if they're not used to doing that check-in with their emotions, they're kind of just like, I don't know. So some of those like triggers to be like, oh yeah, this is kind of, this sits the most of like this fits the most with how I'm feeling right now can be useful. And then there's also lines there for you to write down why you're feeling that way or just anything you want to put there. Next one of like, what do I think I should be doing? Should do, want to do, like, what should I be wanting? It's a space for any of those diet culture thoughts around food to come up. So it gives you that space to be like, okay, what are the rules coming up? Like, what do I think I should be wanting here? Like, and it gives space for that. And then the next one of like, what do I truly want? So like, if I were to clear up all that gunk of like, what I think I'm supposed to do, what would I choose for myself? What do I truly want? And it can also, it gives you space in this too, of like, you may not answer every question every single time. Like if it's right before a meal and you're picking out what you want to have, like, some of that of like, what do I truly want to do? Like may not be like what fits because you're just like, oh yeah, I'm hungry. I want to eat. But when we're on autopilot for some of those different times where we think, oh, like I shouldn't eat when I'm after 6 p.m. or like, oh, I shouldn't. Or if we're like judging, always having a snack with a movie and thinking I shouldn't be doing that anymore. It's like, well, maybe I want to do that. So like what is truly resonating for me of like, what do I want? And this could is written for eating, but it could also be used for exercise too, especially some of those different questions. Like if something like movement is something you want to increase of like checking in of like, well, physically, like where am I at? Like how are my muscles feeling? How is my body's feeling? How is my energy level? And then like, where am I at emotionally? And like, do I think I'm supposed to be working out? Is that why I'm wanting to do this? Or am I wanting to do this because I want movement? Like what are my reasons? And then like, what do I truly want for me? Is like this can be applied to so many different areas if we want to get off autopilot for them. But at this time, I just have a version written for interrupting when we're eating on autopilot. Maybe in the future, I'll write some for like an exercise interruption for movement is if we're wanting to increase it or however. Maybe there'll be some other versions of it that come in the future for helping with some of those different other areas that we look for and work on with in my programs, which is always like body image, that relationship with ourselves, eating, exercise, all of those. So there may be some of that, but right now it is for when we are eating on autopilot. You also don't need the worksheet to do this. You can just jot down these questions in a journal and write them. I do think it's extremely useful to handwrite these, especially in the beginning, just because I found that handwriting it really can slow us down and help us to 
be a little bit more thorough with the questions because sometimes we can really rush through them and I want it to be a little bit slower, especially in the beginning. But if it feels really tedious to go through all of this, I want you to know and I want to reinforce that it doesn't always feel really tedious. Like in the beginning of doing something, it always feels a little bit awkward and strange. So when we're running through all this, it can feel like a lot of work to really be building the skill of intuitive eating and can feel like we're overthinking about food more almost because we're paying attention to all these different things about how food affects us versus just eating based on the plan or then trying not to eat foods. So it can feel like a different way of like being more tedious, but it's something that develops later into just like a second nature thing. Like when you first learn to brush your teeth, like it's this like, okay, here's what you do next. Like make sure you're doing that. Like it can be that really guided approach of every step of the way versus after you've been doing it for a long time, you do it without even thinking about it. And with that, like, cause we can get on autopilot with intuitive eating too, is I find this worksheet and these questions so helpful, even years into my journey is like, sometimes I like to slow down still and like do this check-in and just see just to practice that awareness building again. And I just think it's so helpful to slow down at different times throughout the journey. Even when we are extremely experienced, going back to the basics is still helpful. And the last tip that I want to give for using these questions in the worksheet is just to reinforce there are no right or wrong answers. And we can sometimes get caught up in doing things the right or the wrong way in that black or white, all or nothing way of thinking and allowing space for like that gray area of whatever we want it to be. And there are no right or wrong answers. That way we're not judging our answers because it can be really easy to go there and just practicing that curiosity around what would be right for us and just deciding that or sometimes not even choosing what's right for us, just like what we want most in that moment. And the next time it might be a completely different answer and that's okay. So to get your free copy of the workbook, I will put a link in to get to it. I'll send it out by email. So it'll take you to a page where you can enter your email address so I can send you the PDF version of it. And so the link will be in the show notes or you can also find it on my website link in the show notes would probably be the easiest way. All right. So I can't wait to hear how you guys all like it. Make sure you let me know or let me know if you have any questions around it and have a wonderful week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Better Than Healthy podcast. If you want to learn to trust yourself around food so you can stop overeating and feel more comfortable in your body, I want to invite you to join my coaching program. Come visit me at foodpeacenutrition.com to learn more.